everybody. We're back. Welcome to What's the Point? It's a podcast from Trinity Lutheran Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I'm Heather. And with me today, I have Katie, Tom, and a very special guest for the first time ever that this individual has been on air with us, Pastor Patrick. Woohoo! All right. Cool. That's right. Pastor Patrick's with us here today. He, he decided to just jump in. He, he walks down the hallway while we're recording, <laughs> and he looks in the window, and he just Longingly. wants to come and play with <laughs> us. I want to be a part of that, too. Now, do you want to be Pastor Patrick or just Patrick? P-Dog. Yeah. No, Patrick I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, probably won't get P-Dog no. out of me. Okay, so in our last episode, we were talking about big church, small church, yeah. and kind of all that kind of... So we're going to stay in that kind of like differences in churches kind of theme. And so we're going to be talking about trends today. So to start us off, I'm dreading this question. I really want to talk about trendy clothes, but not just any trendy clothes, but like middle school is really maybe, maybe high school. Okay. So I will start talking about trendy clothes when I was in middle school. What era? What era? So I was in middle school. (laughs) Uh, Taylor Swift was a toddler when I was in middle school. So we're talking early nineties. Oh, before I was born. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. And the most, so I definitely participated in these two trends, uh, the tight rolled jeans. Oh, yep. That was very important. I mean, I can yeah. remember, I could tell you who the person was that first came to school in eighth grade without tight rolled <gasps> jeans, because she was like a trendsetter. And we're oh. like, I don't know about this Trisha Romer. I don't know if oh, you can really come to school Trisha. without tight rolled jeans. So the tight rolled jeans, my brother definitely taught me how he was older. Oh. And then also girls had bangs that were very high Mm. but there needed to be two layers of them so there would be one layer they're looking at me now while i'm doing this (laughs) there's one layer that's down on the forehead and then the other layer you take your hairspray and you just spray it like this and that has to be a waterfall over to the side and i could also tell you that leslie and melissa were the girls in my middle school who had the tallest bangs wow Um, okay so these were Yes, this is very important. Wow. So, can, can you pull that off tomorrow? Could, I probably, I may, yeah, I, no, I don't think my bangs are long enough. I could try. I could try. So it wasn't moose that held it in place. Oh, no, there was lots of hairspray. Okay. Yeah. Hairspray. Lots of hairspray, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Uh, so anyway, that was, those are the trends that I remember from my middle school mm-hmm. days. But okay. like, we're all different ages. Yeah. So I'm very curious about like, what are the trendy things you remember about your middle school days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything had to be baggy. Oh, okay, oh, what like, years yeah. are we talking about? Uh, let's see here. Probably early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, okay. kind of in that era. era. Okay. Uh, so yeah, baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. If it had holes in it, probably even fine. Yeah. Okay. Skateboard shoes. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if you didn't skateboard, you yep. wore skateboard shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of band t-shirts. Yep. Mm. Uh, a tattered Adidas t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of baggy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And like, it's okay if they were falling down. Yeah. Pants mm. on the ground. Oh, pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. What you gonna do? Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Get them up. Do you guys remember that? I feel, what is that American Idol. Yeah. There's a guy who auditioned with that song. I do remember that. So, 
so yeah, a lot of baggy clothing and uh, looking back, it's like, well, I, I went to a parochial grade school and middle school. So I was like, I, I didn't wear that obviously, but when no. I was out of school, I was like, oh, let me put my jeans on. Yeah. And just like flowing. It's like, what in the world yeah, yeah. was I thinking? Yeah. We're really going to have to follow this up with some visual aids. Right. <laughs> so because Tom and I are only a couple years apart. Well, but you're much younger. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, middle school was like 2007-ish, like 2006 to 2008, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. 2009, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so the later 2000s. Um and at that point, we were starting to get uh, tighter clothes. Mm. Um, so the skinny jeans were mm. coming into style. Everything, everything mm. was layered. It did not matter. Like you had, you know, your your polo shirt, but then you also had the the like white undershirt underneath. Oh, or yeah, yeah, for yeah. girls, it was like two, sometimes three tank tops underneath everything. Oh, sure. Um, Leggings were starting to come back underneath, like, skirts. Um, Was this the era of, like, the conversation of can you wear leggings as pants? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, The answer is yes. Right? I was very much against it at first. And then once I started actually wearing leggings as pants like I am today. Uh, Me too. um, I'm very much like I get it. I get it now. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, Another thing that was very popular was trendy. Would you trendy. say sorry? Trendy. Yes, trendy. it was very trendy. Uh-huh. Was um, like the emo scene uh-huh. look, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. guy liner, big mm. thing, big thing. Um, at least in you know good old Boyceville, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh-huh. um, skater shoes still a thing. I I had a pair. Do I know how to ride a skateboard? Absolutely not. Huh. Um, but yeah, skater shoes were still a thing. Uh, even if you didn't listen to like the screamo scene punk music, like mm-hmm. you you still wanted like that that uh, all the way from one side of your head swooped over your eye, oh, okay. big like teased hair but straight, not oh. not curly. You wanted it straight. Oh, um, yeah, thick eyeliner. Like, yeah. That's that's what I fun fact. That's what I aspired to be in like middle school and high school. And my parents were like, "Absolutely not! You look stupid." And I'm like, "Okay." Wow. Um. But yeah, internally, wow. I yeah, like I still live out my emo kid dream through music. Some mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. you two make me feel really old. <laughs> Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Speaking yeah. of feeling old, so my middle school days. We're in the early 70s. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Partridge family was oh, big. Yeah. The trend for us was wearing jeans that had become too short, and you cut a slit about 12 inches up and added a mm-hmm. flare, oh. big yep. bell bottom to oh. the bottom. Mm-hmm. And my grandma could do that for me. Um, that and, came back. Not, oh, really? Not too long ago. I saw it all over the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So some platform shoes, little mm-hmm. higher shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the silk psychedelic shirts. Yeah. Oh. And if you're really feeling it, perhaps a silk scarf with a little oh. uh, wow. ring that you'd put on it. Wow. Austin Powers-esque? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know it. 
Wow. And the best yeah, was when you were at the roller rink oh. and you could yeah. skate backwards Ooh. wearing that outfit. Ooh. Yeah, that was the trend in my middle school. Okay. And the Beatles were still playing. Uh-huh. They just came out with a song. I know. Well, it's see. so good. AI is weird. It is. Uh, so good. Okay, so I'm feeling like we share these podcasts on Facebook. And when I say we, yeah. I mean Katie does that. Yes. And so I feel like Katie... Between now when we're recording this no, and when this drops, no. like you <laughs> need to find, you need to get some pictures of the people in this room Oof. wearing these trends. Mine are Ooh. on my Facebook because <laughs> I was because it wasn't school. that long ago. No, it the, really wasn't. I think I the Polaroids that have me in it <laughs> mm-hmm. have faded. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure you have one somewhere. Yeah, helmet hair. Oh yeah, this is amazing. Um, Oh, this wow. makes me so happy. <laughs> Can we just keep talking about trends in our middle school? Um, or church trends. No, I was going to say, let's do that. However, going with the comments, um, let us know what the uh, what your like trendiest outfit that you wore was. Yeah, and then put a picture on the Please. Facebook. I like, want to know. Comments on yeah. this episode yeah. on the Facebook page. Yeah. Mm. That, yes. That should be beautiful. That would make me so happy. All right, okay. let's get into but, church trends. Yeah, do you know what else makes me happy is talking about nerdy sociology Nerd. and church. Uh, uh, guys, this makes me so happy that <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you're letting me talk about this. Okay, so take it we're, away. So today, we're, so we're going to be talking about church trends yeah. today. So I'm wondering now. I I have an outline that I shared with everyone, but I'm wondering if there's anybody here that wants to talk about like. Like, say, post-World War II church through now, like, what are some of the changes that we've seen? I'm not looking at Patrick as the only one who was alive <laughs> during some of this time. You but, are, too. But, but, I mean, like, there's been a lot of changes mm-hmm. in churches, in social expectations about church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, does anybody want to talk through any of that, or should I? Well, you certainly can, but let me let me offer uh, the dumb version of this. Okay, go. And perhaps this is just my take. I heard a bishop once talk about church trends and the role of the church in people's lives during the 50s and 60s to now. And he just used a simple small town, which is where I was, mm-hmm. a small town, and the church was at the middle of it. Everything else was all around it. The church was the center for the social life community organization, et cetera, et cetera. Now the church is just on the periphery. It is a one hour a week thing. It's just Mm -hmm. something that people do. It doesn't inform their lives as it used to. And so what does that new world look like? What is at the center of people's lives? Mm -hmm. That is how I would boil it down. Heather, Mm -hmm. would you agree or disagree? How might statistics or trends yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think you know, I you can really think about this in terms of Trinity and so for people who really know the history of Trinity, like it started in the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it came to be because this side of town was booming, right? The Putnam Heights area and you, there are folks at Trinity who would love to tell you more about this. <laughs> Mary Shankinick. <laughs> <laughs> That's an invitation, uh, I think. Yes. Oh, gosh. She should be on here today. She should. <laughs> Except I'll, it's I'll only like a 25-minute episode, so yeah. that's not going to work. But, you know, <laughs> Trinity was 
started because of this new area of town. So like that was really a trend that was happening at that time is like cities are expanding. This is like baby boom time. There's more like suburban kind of areas developing. And so all these churches are are starting in the 50s. And it's a lot of them are built through this baby boom of kids and kids programming and families. Uh, And that was very much the story of Trinity. And then as time goes on, the the trends in the city and in in the suburbs kind of start to shift and and there's more yeah the the church becomes more on the on the sideline and um less of the center of um of town so one of the things so as i was doing my research for this i found this trend that um I thought it was really interesting. There's a printed report and it's highlighted people. <laughs> this is a true story. So it comes from Gallup and this is actually from March of 2021. But the the title for this article is US church membership falls below majority for first time. Mm. So we'll say right away that like church is not all about numbers. But sometimes numbers can be helpful in talking about things, especially trends. Um, but this this graph here is really interesting. It shows uh, church membership, which is one way to kind of gauge mm-hmm. uh, engagement in churches. And you can see, you know, it starts in 1940 and all the way through 2000, you're at 70% of uh, Americans who happen to be a member of a church, synagogue, or mosque. all the way through 2000. And then you can see this trend line just drop off. So that in 2020, you're at 47%. That's like a rapid, that's, that's a pretty rapid decline too. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's important to talk about and and interesting to talk about. Yeah. So for the first time, less than 50% of Americans claim membership in a church. Mm. Um, So yeah, obviously something has changed and I don't think it's just that, I, I don't think it's that people don't believe in God anymore. Right. No. Well, you know, I don't know if this is a reason or not, but it's something that first came to my mind when I was kind of going through the notes that you laid out for us. So um, To Kill a Mockingbird, like the book, right, mm-hmm. came out in 1960. I just looked that up. That's okay. why I know. Anyway, okay. but Scout, who's like the main kid in yep. the book, um, would go and... Uh, I don't know what time period it's set in, but anyway, they would go, she would go to, um, to church to hear the pastor preach because that was like a form of entertainment Mm. and versus now, like we were saying earlier, like there's Mm. only an, you know, kind of an hour, a set hour set aside for church during the week, whatever, whatever people aren't using it the same way. Uh So I think you're right. Like it's not because people aren't. Well, primarily, it's not because people aren't believing in God, but but that has changed. Like, if church is no longer a form of entertainment for yeah. a lot of people, I'm assuming probably most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes me wonder, is that maybe a reason why? I don't know, but... Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the thing that I find really interesting about this particular, you know, graph in front of me, table, whatever it's called. Oh, gosh, my husband would kill me if I didn't say that right. Um, <laughs> is that this only goes through 2020. So this is yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm curious what, what mm-hmm. kind of trend, did you see any of this or what did you know, you know, pre-COVID we're talking. Right. 
one thing before we move into COVID yeah. is um, as as George Barna and, and Gallup polls love to look at the different demographics, the greatest generation, those were people who had a obligation, right? Yeah. They lived by obligation. Yeah. They went to church because they were obligated to do so. Yeah. And when you say greatest generation, what are you talking about? World War II uh, adults, adults, yeah. pre-baby boomer, right? Yeah, and sure. then uh, the baby boomers were were more about dedication, mm-hmm. right? We're dedicated to it. Um, we don't do it quite as much as our parents did. We don't have to, but pretty dedicated to that. And I think each um, pre- or each. Uh, generation following that, mm-hmm. we've seen a different sense of that obligation. We became mm-hmm. a consumer society and started consuming things and looking for that which we felt spoke to us yeah. versus I feel obligated to this church because I've gone to this church. My grandparents went to this church. I was baptized yeah, yeah. in this yeah. church. So I, I think a lot of the way we look at not just church, but w- w- the that life in general mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah. I wonder too if with that, um, and maybe this is just, m- not maybe, this is me also reflecting on like my own family, but then also like, f- you know, some of my friends and their families and experiences. But I have wondered too if some of this is because of, of, church trauma like you know you were mm-hmm. talking about how how there was the obligation but then also the dedication and my grandparents like my grandfather is I don't know if it's still this way but as of probably a few years ago he was very much like if I do not go to church every single week like he's basically was like I'm going to hell like that mm-hmm. is the sin of all sins mm-hmm. versus my mom you know she starts to panic anytime she steps foot into a church because of all the church trauma that she mm-hmm. experienced mm-hmm. um partially from her parents partially from pastors or other church workers etc cetera, etc cetera. and so then as a result of that like me and my siblings my brothers and we you know we didn't really grow up in the church like we went we were kind of those creaster people so christmas and mm-hmm. easter um didn't really go to sunday school like mm-hmm. it took until i was in high school before I was regularly going Mm -hmm. to church and my Mm -hmm. brothers never did. So Mm -hmm. I just wonder if that's also part of the trend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think lots of, lots of reasons, right. Lots of factors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you can throw in the fact that like, it's not just church. If you look at things like Kiwanis and other, um, organization, service organizations, Mm -hmm. community organizations, like all of those things have, decreased membership over the years and you know and you can read about um you know young people these days uh you know distrust of of organizations in general and distrust you know so organized religion being one of those but also other organized groups um just with a decrease in Mm -hmm. membership Mm -hmm. um yeah okay so i'm looking at tom over here who is clearly looking some things up what oh, do you got? Yeah. Well, I'm just, this is all reminding me of a post or a <clears throat> article by Dwight Shiley, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. Episcopalian. Episcopalian. Episcopalian priest. priest. Yes. And uh, 
professor over at Luther Seminary, yeah. and he has this wonderful article. Highly suggest y'all go out and read it. Uh, and it is all about how the church is shifting from an age of association, which mm-hmm. gets to Pastor Patrick's point of that obligation, that duty, that dedicated yeah. mm-hmm. mindset, to an age of authenticity where people are doing what they feel fills their soul, fills yes. their cup sort of thing. And it's less to do about others, but more so about them. Mm-hmm. And hmm. so there's that decline in the service organizations, the church membership, uh, things like that. So it's it's that shifting of a, a cultural, sociological phenomena mm-hmm. of where people's allegiances lie. So do you think that that is just saying that people are more selfish? Like, is that... <laughs> Talk, talk I, me through I, I that think because it doesn't maybe, sound... Maybe, but I think people maybe make meaning less in corporate settings right now. Sure. And and maybe that's okay. And but it, yeah, but it has I, repercussions. Yeah, it does. And I wouldn't say that they're necessarily more selfish, but they're more self-aware of mm. what they need. That's what I was going to um, say too. For filling that spiritual hole yeah. that each of us has. Um, the church has a specific model for how they do that. It's about um, receiving forgiveness and blessing. Some it's about service and all those sorts of things. And that's not the only way to to grow in faith, right? Mm-hmm. There's There are people who look at creation and feel a much stronger connection to that mm-hmm. than anything they would hear in a, in a Trinity sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have we... And this is getting off topic of church trends, but has the larger church kind of boxed ourselves into this is what a spiritual life looks like? Mm. And if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe there is some church trauma caused. Right. And we're, we're not open enough to what the spirit might be up to in nature, on a paddleboard, in a canoe, at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. wherever yeah, it might absolutely. be. Absolutely. Well, and I think you can see that even between different denominations where their focuses are, you know, like uh, at Trinity, we have a lot of focus on corporate worship and communion and, and in other places, there might be more of a focus on personal growth and personal responsibility, um, you know, accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior kind of wording. Um, right. So, yeah, I wonder how how that plays into these trends, too, if, you know, a place that has more focus on your personal spiritual life might flourish in a time where people are more Mm -hmm. self-aware and less, you know, corporately thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think trust plays a huge part in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people um, are not most people, but very many people who have experienced church have experienced church trauma, either mm-hmm. big T or little t trauma. And because of that, they're less trusting of mm-hmm. the church experience as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of them are looking for that authenticity mm-hmm. of their relationship directly with God mm-hmm. through other means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so these were all trends that were happening Mm -hmm. before COVID. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about COVID because you can't talk (laughs) about church trends in 2023 without talking about COVID, right? So like what happened? (laughs) How, you know, I I like to say that COVID um, kind of 
exacerbated trends that were already in at play. Yeah. You know, it just kind of increased the like changes that were already happening. Mm-hmm. It just like And that's what yeah. your chart showed from Barna. Oh yeah. It, yeah. The, the well, church and, was already in decline. Right. 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 And then COVID happened and it just mm-hmm. like yeah. I'd be curious to see what those numbers are today, like in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's so hard to talk about trends during COVID because right. there were so many, you know, how do you, how do you measure worship attendance when you're talking right. about online? Right. Um, but I think it changed a lot of people's vision of what being a part of a church is. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot more about online presence mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. But, but let me just, and maybe I'm wrong, Katie, you might have the answer. I and at least for Trinity, I don't think people are giving up in-person attendance for virtual viewing. It doesn't seem like our right. numbers are that crazy. No, they're definitely not. I mean, I mean, there, there. I will say that there is a solid handful of people that really rely on our live streams. I mean, you know, even when um, it'd be a couple weeks now that our live stream was down. I mean, I got emails about it. I got people asking me throughout the week what happened, if it'll be back up. I mean, you texted me asking, or because you got someone asking you if it would be up and running for, you know, the Mm -hmm. following Sunday. And thankfully it was, but that to me really showed like, there's more people than I think we realized who rely on those live streams. And, and Technology is not perfect. Like things are going to happen. It's not always going to work. But also, if that's, you know, if that's how people are getting their fill of church, then, right. then, yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess yeah. my wondering was, it's not like because of COVID, people are now watching online. Correct. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a dramatic drop off in no. church attendance no. or whatnot because people are on their couches. So I don't Correct. think we can just equate those things together. No. Is it helpful? Is it a resource for people who are at the cabin? Absolutely. In a care facility? Absolutely. Great. But it's not, it's not a replacement for in-person. Yeah. We changed habits, right? Mm -hmm. When COVID came along, a lot of things in our lives changed. Yeah. And a lot of the habits that we had changed along with them. The interesting thing is, I don't think that happened back in 1904. What? When the Great Plague came through in the early 1900s. Wait, yeah. are we going to call COVID that at some point? The Great the Plague. Great plague. <laughs> the Great Plague. Um, people didn't switch off church, right? Right. They weren't able to attend. Mm-hmm. They were very faithful, and, and it was a different environment than COVID. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's not just the pandemic, but it's the way that we've changed as a culture Mm -hmm. that it impacted how COVID affected our church numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I think COVID gave people a reason to say no to so many things. No to going to church, no to volunteering, no to bringing their kids to Sunday school, Mm -hmm. no to so many things. And I think that that has just continued from covid like it gave them an out and now it's just continued well and i think i mean i think there's a lot 
to that mm-hmm. when you say, I mean, I don't disagree with you. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. Um, you know, for some people, it's like a, you know, it had been obligation yes. to come to church and like, okay, here's my out. Right. And for other people, it was saying like, oh, actually, this feels better for us as a family if we're not signing our kids up for every activity, including Sunday school, school. Wednesday night, choir, all the things. So I think it's part of a larger thing of, you know, kind of reevaluating what we want our family life to look like and maybe not be as busy. And for some people that that wasn't it. But I think for some people that's it. And I think, you know, thinking about volunteering too. I think that's a lot of those people getting that break and saying like, oh, actually this feels better Mm -hmm. to not have all these obligations mm-hmm. that I've said yes to. Yeah. And so for my mental health, for my family, yeah. this actually feels better. And so I, this is an opportunity yeah. to step back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's so many pros and cons that came with that. The beautiful part about that is God isn't any different in their life. Mm-hmm. God isn't mm-hmm. acting differently in the world, whether they are or not, mm-hmm. um, but perhaps without all that obligation surrounding him, they're actually experiencing God in a different way, which may be even better for them. Mm -hmm. Wait, are you saying that church trends are not the same thing as like God trends? I think so. Just because the church is changing, that doesn't mean that God is changing. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I found, I thought this was a really interesting... uh, why I'm like losing my vocabulary. Is this a table? Is it a graph? I think it's a graph. That one I would call a graph. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, or so this chart. is from Barna, and this come this goes through 2022. So I thought this was um, uh, shows a little bit more post COVID. It's weekly church attendance by generation, and it it's like not what I expected. So if, when you look at 2022, the generation with the highest weekly church attendance percentage-wise, is millennials. Mm-hmm. Higher than Gen X, higher than boomers. That's surprising. And it's you know, and it, that wasn't the trend. Back right. in 2019, they were the lowest of those three right. generations, but now they're higher, hmm. which I just find really interesting. Sometimes people don't act like you assume they would. Yeah. That, but, you know, Patrick, you were just talking about someone that was here this weekend noticing mm-hmm. how many millennials there were. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, 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 and to us, it still seems like they're underrepresented, right? Because right. sure, we've been right. around church trying to fight that mm-hmm. trend for so long. And yet somebody who is of that yeah. g- generation, of that age, mm-hmm. sees it as a very hopeful thing that there's all kinds of boomers or all kinds of millennials, uh, millennials around yeah. the church mm-hmm. around Trinity mm-hmm. and more than I've seen anywhere else. Yeah. You know, you know, what's uh, sorry. This is, this is just an interesting thought that I just had at least interesting to me. Um, I wonder if, <laughs> sorry, I wonder if, interesting right. But, but I wonder if part of the reason why, shut up, why so many people are like, where the heck are the millennials is because they aren't necessarily the ones who are staying after for coffee or that time of fellowship, whereas the boomers are like, yeah, they, the millennials might be in, in worship, and you might not be seeing them or getting that face-to-face time with them, but they're there versus, you know, the the older generations mm-hmm. are the ones who are sticking around more for that time of 
community mm-hmm. and fellowship. Yeah, the millennials are the ones who are running to the nursery right. to pick up their kids or mm-hmm. to Sunday right. school to pick up their kids. I mean, yeah. Right, right, Tom? Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> Looking at the millennial in the room. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So that, so we talked about COVID. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we're going to do an episode about like, what does all this mean for Trinity yeah. moving forward? But I guess what... You know, now that it's 2023 and we're quote unquote post COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what do we think this will mean? Church, you know, big church trend wise, what, you know, what are your expectations for what mm. is to come as far as church trends moving forward? I think it's just going to continue to, I mean, obviously it's going to continue to evolve, whether that means for some churches, it does lean more online, not necessarily for Mm -hmm. Trinity, but for some churches, I think that could be a trend. Um, I am hopeful that things will start like that, that, that trend's going to stop with the rapid decline and we'll see like maybe a slight incline, Mm -hmm. um, based off of the Mm -hmm. Barna chart graph whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there's so much that's unknown still. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I I don't know if you guys have talked about this here before, but one of the things uh, our Bishop Laurie in the Northwestern Synod of Wisconsin has been talking about for some time is especially the smaller congregations mm-hmm understanding and taking on a new understanding of being finished and not failed, yeah. right? Oh, we look yeah. at, at church closing as a failure mm-hmm. of that congregation. And in fact, if we can reframe that to understand how we're finished, the ministry of, of this particular building is done. Yeah. And now we're going to move on and put our assets, our, our energies into something new. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a really wonderful thing, I think. Yeah. Tom talked about that a little bit in our last episode with your grandfather's congregation. Yeah, and just being okay with yeah. this isn't going to last forever. Yeah. So do what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see, and maybe this isn't so much a, a trend for numbers, but I think we're going to see a lot more uh, church and outside community partnerships. Yeah. In the future, I think it's just for the church as it is to survive. I think it's going to have to partner with folks, but I think to be back to more of a movement mm. sort of thing. We've probably talked about the five M's mm-hmm. uh, from Richard Rohr, right? Yes, um, at some point. But to go back to a movement model, um, I think we're going to have to do that. And a wacky way that a church did it in uh, in Michigan was they sold the building mm-hmm. to the brewery across the street. So a brewery took over a That's church That's it. We're building. selling Trinity to the brewing project. <laughs> <laughs> but so the, the trade-off was, was that the, the sanctuary space, the worship center space, mm-hmm. would still be able to hold worship services for them, but they would also convert a lot of the rest of the building to a brewery, mm-hmm. which is just wild. But it's a way for them to be a community partner and still yeah. exist mm-hmm. as a church and yeah. not have to worry about mm-hmm. heating a building and yeah. all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff where community and worship for that space could could, could happen. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I... Look out. Here we come, Brewing Project. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think so much of those future things is going to be um, that we become open to the Spirit and what yeah. the Spirit is truly yeah. leading. And obviously in that context, that church had an opportunity that was right in front of them, Mm -hmm. and it worked well. And I think each congregation is going to have to be open to identifying what that new thing is Mm -hmm. in their particular context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, uh, I think all of this really gives me a lot of hope, thinking about church not being an obligation, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, in years past, people maybe didn't think of it as an obligation. But it maybe frees someone up to think, like, why am I coming to church? Why is this important? What am I learning? What, what is even the point of all this? It's almost like someone should have a podcast yeah, about, right? about this, right? But, like, when you, when you take that obligation off of it, then, then maybe there's a different level of meaning that can be made. Um, and, and, yeah, figuring out where, where is God leading us? Or as maybe I've heard pastors say in sermons, what is God's preferred future mm-hmm. for this congregation? Mm-hmm. So I just find that really hopeful. Yeah. And I think that's a great, uh, a great thing for us to chew on. Uh, and next week, we're going to be back for our final in the series here, mm-hmm. talking about what, uh, what this all might mean for the future of Trinity as we talk about just that new world and the new horizons coming out of COVID. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. For joining us. Yeah, thanks. Great discussion today. Can I come back again? No. Uh, Maybe if you bring us candy. Okay. That's right. Not peanut butter cups, though. What? I don't like them. We've been through this. (laughs) That's right. Get out of here. All right. Until next week. Thanks for being here, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.